Welcome to the Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast, brought to you by Blue Fletch. We discuss technology topics related to Android and workforce devices and how they intersect with business and mobility. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blue Fletch Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast. Today I'm joined by our CEO, Richard Makerson, and we're going to be talking about uh, AI to drive personalization in the enterprise, which is different than, I guess, a little bit different than the consumer side, but um, it's something that I think we're starting to see more of happening in a lot of the companies we work with. And the, the real nexus to this conversation is we built uh, in our tool, which is a, a, a single sign-on lockdown for Android devices. We built some, I guess, widgets um, capabilities last year, started rolling that out. And one of the things that really we've started to learn from this is how do you surface relevant content to employees in in real time or in quasi real time that is going to help them get their jobs done and you know things that actually are useful for them as opposed to them having to go hunt and find things with an application. So that was the the nexus. And I know you've been going to some conferences where they've been talking a lot about some of these uh, changes in AI within business. Um, so we're going to take a little bit of that and cover six principles for evaluating personal personalizing your tools. Um, for enterprise apps. So that's something I know it's a mouthful, but I guess for you, you sort of leading up to this discussion, what are the things you think about or that really have, have uh, you, you've seen recently that have made this interesting to us? Well, I think with chat GPT, it's brought AI to the forefront of just the conversation that we're having, um, you know, around the table, just in America and schools, just all over like AI is, infiltrated that. And I, and I think it's because of the unique uh, aspect of these uh, tools, because anybody can experience it, right? It's different than blockchain, where it was a bit esoteric. It was sort of around payments. So you could wrap your head around it. But other than that, it, it was very hard. But with ChatGPT, you understand you could have it write you a poem or a song or uh, a book report or um, some of the visual tools that had the Pope in a you know puffy jacket and a chain that <laughs> that, that looked real. Um, but in, in in the enterprise, uh, I think two things for me stand out that should help contextualize like this conversation. One is that um, you know these AI tools and AI, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, is not going to replace jobs. It's going to be. Um, you know, people using AI and people who have AI tools or a skill set replacing folks who don't have an AI background or AI tool set. And I think the other piece is going to be in the enterprise. Uh, how do I bring these AI tools in same way I brought in the cloud, but separate the AI tools from my data, meaning that um, I can have um, some of these tools in, but it's not necessarily going to feed this larger algorithm where either my trade secrets or my data gets out, but uh, my users, um, the, my resources out in the field can leverage it and help them level up. I do, I do like your blockchain example. I feel like every time I see a blockchain tool, I'm like, how is this useful? And then every time I see an AI tool, I'm like, what else can I use this for? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the the... Yeah, not replacing your job. It's actually making your job better or helping you get better at your job is a good way to, to phrase a lot of these tools. And I, I think the, the the phrase you used was personalization. I think that is really a better way to think about it than AI for for work. It's more of like you know, personalized experience to improve your your uh, um, your job or your employees' jobs. So we'll get into the, the the six principles around 
uh, thinking about personalization um, for your enterprise apps. And the first one we had is uh, you know, understanding how to collect and analyze user data. And you touched on this a little bit around, you know, the not stealing your data, but feeding these things. Like, what do you think about when you think about what do I need to set up as a company around collecting data and, and being able to get ready for this personalization? Yeah, I think it goes back to a topic we had um, in a recent podcast that we uh, recorded um, where we talked about like POC and like even just a collection of data can be um, a proof of concept. And it could be just is something simple as, you know, what's the first app that this user or maybe this role um, or maybe these roles use on a daily basis? Because um, maybe having that be the first icon that's available or having it um, uh, available quickly, you know, is a very easy place to start. I know naturally, you know, folks want to get deep into um, like uh, like views or serving up data. Um, but, you know, collecting it is, is important. So, you know, what does somebody see, you know, at a certain period of time, you know, when I start my day, maybe when I come back to lunch, um, what's the data that somebody needs when they're interacting with a customer? Um, what are the data points that we would need to understand that could affect the business? Um, one of the biggest data points that we hear about all the time is around weather. Everybody wants to understand weather because it impacts the business. It may impact people showing up to work on time. Um, weather may impact whether we can operate the business at all for that day. Um, so there's a lot of um, decisions that could just be made on that one point. So um, I think the collection of data and understanding the impact that could have to someone's efficiency is um, the first place to start and hugely important. Yeah, so I start with an individual and understand, like, what is the data that's most relevant to them? So I, think I loved your example of what is the app this guy opens first during his day? What is the the app he's using the most? What is the task he's doing over and over again? Um, look at those individual people and then try to segment that way for personalization, um, which leads us. It's a good segue into our next topic, which is user segmentation. Maybe this one should have been the first, but um, you know, I think that's it, it's pretty clear that, you know, Every, every person in a company is different. They have different roles. The guy in receiving is different than the guy in the front end. Um, yeah, the guy who's out doing deliveries is going to be different than the guy in accounting. Mm-hmm. When you think about the user segmentation, how fine-grained do you get there? What's the, the thing that companies need to look at as they think about personalization and using these tools to improve experiences? Yep. So there's probably two, maybe there's three levels to this. Um, the first is you called it out role. Um, so what's my role and my role usually drives my task. Um, and that's the the second piece. Is there a correlation between, um, role and task? And do you have users that, um, float between different roles? So I know in the past, um, uh, we have, uh, configurations in our launcher where you can change your role throughout the day. And maybe that's a data point that you collect and based on my role, are, is there a different need? Is there a different view? Are there different um, things that need to happen to uh, make my job more efficient when using a, a mobile device? And um, I think the third, which is still a role, is sometimes we see the segmentation around that corporate user. So that, that user that um, could be um, in corporate and roles don't matter, but they uh, interface or are in that same space. So as a corporate user, if I'm going to a warehouse, um, 
is my view different than going to a store or going to a different facility? And so um, I think just understanding the roles, the impacts, and how they tie to task um, are the important pieces. Yeah, I think also within that location, you sort of talk about the store versus warehouse versus delivery centers, but location is definitely something we use, drive a lot of context for what shows up for users. So, you know, this store may have a different set of apps than this store. Just or based, different versions. Well, yeah, or different versions or, uh, you know, the, the other example would be uh, th- this This part of town has is high on buy online, pick up, you know, pick up in store, the click and collect scenarios. And, you know, this one out in the suburbs is, yeah, people don't ever use that because they're going to go in and wander around. So it's, I think it really... Location is another thing that helps drive that that personalized experience. Um, the, the next one, which might be a little more controversial, is um, offer customization options. So this is actually offering things. So you and your personal carry device have the ability to go customize your home screen. There's probably no two people that have the same home screen or same widgets on their Android or iOS device. But um, within the enterprise, when you think about offering those customization options, how does that manifest itself for these end users? Yeah, this is a this is an interesting point that I feel our customers have um, not paid much attention to, and they would speak it away in terms that I guess n- now just uh, kind of trigger me a bit. Meaning <laughs> that they would talk about an hourly worker as if they weren't competent enough to make these choices which I wholeheartedly disagree with um, just because I feel that uh, if you look at the impact of uh, mobile usage and even mobile usage by like household income, like for some people, like their mobile device is the only computer they have in the house. And if you look at um, some of the things that they're able to um, put out on social media, whether they're funny memes or videos, take skill to put those together. TikTok, a yeah. side hustle where they're selling stuff on Instagram. Yeah, I've seen a lot of these. And I, that's that's a great point. I think companies have thought of their employees as cogs. And you know, if you start thinking of these people as, this is a talented individual, how do I enable them? How do I let them customize their experience? You know, retention is going to go up and you're going to get better performance out of a lot of people. Some people are going to like, you know, mess around and probably do things they shouldn't, but yep. they're, you know, the ones you want to retain are the ones that you really need to think about giving that ability to go customize for, for how they operate and how they work. And people do work differently is one of the things I've learned too, is like everybody, everybody's workflows and tools, even you know, at the corporate level, I see how people write emails and, you know, that everybody is comfortable doing something slightly differently and you have to optimize for those, those, uh, those employees, which are a valuable asset to your company. Yeah, it's a balancing act, right? Because you don't want them to spend too much time customizing because you want to get tasks done. You want to be efficient. You, um, you know, you want your cost of goods sold to, you know, be in line. But at the same time, you do want to open yourself up to the opportunity for that, you know, one person to draw a a line between two dots and find a level of efficiency that nobody um, thought existed. You know, you hear about those stories all the time about that one person that does something a little bit differently and then someone sees it and it's aha moment and, you know, it transforms the business. But um, yeah, I, I, I think it, it's a good thing to offer customization. And I I think it's a, 
you're doing yourself a disservice when you write off an hourly worker thinking that they don't like have the capacity or don't have the wherewithal to like make those decisions or um, would uh, take advantage uh, of that opportunity. Yeah. And I think it also goes back to number one. So like to your point, like be able to collect and look at that data, you know, you may start offering these things. If you start looking at segments, like why does this store have 20% more lift? And you find like, you know, the five guys in the front end have these apps running and you're like, oh, these apps help them serve the customer, help them with those, you know, improve their speed of delivery. So it's, I think yeah, this combined with the analyzing the data and even going back and looking at things that have happened is, is super helpful. Um, number, number four was uh, provide personalized content. Um, I know in all of our own personal lives, it's gotten a little bit creepy when after 20 seconds, TikTok or Instagram knows exactly that I like basketball, cars, and steaks, and all everything in my feed is that. So it's, it is a little creepy at times, but I think the um, – you know, the, the thing around you know, em- employee content, this is useful too, but like when you think about personalized content from an enterprise level, um, how do you, how do you frame that? Yeah. I think this is one thing that we're helping our customers think through more and more, you know, how do you take that um, bulletin board that's typically in the back office and digitize that, but also make it like useful for um, your end users because it can, it can be interactive and so when I come to work, you know, it, it'd be nice to know what's important, right? Like, are there things I should be aware of? Did something happen last shift or is there something different with my task? Are there, um, are there equipment not available? So those are um, all opportunities for someone to start their day or continue their day um, um, in an efficient manner. So um, I don't think you have to get as, you know, as well, where, you know, people are doom scrolling during work. <laughs> but um, I, th- I think the opportunity to personalize content and have information from different parts of a business um, get to the right person at the, at the right moment in time, um, those opportunities are um, starting to become more prevalent. And I think uh, those organizations that are able to do that, to your point, will you know start to see better engagement, higher retention, but also better productivity just because, um, people are able to, at a glance, understand um, what's important and how to proceed for the rest of the day. Yeah. Don't don't make me think too hard about it. Yeah. Put it in front of me. Um, number five, which is, I know it's something we've we've actually had this for a lot longer, is really thinking about, um, you know, for personally improving search functionality. Um, and I think, you know, Google started this 25 years ago or 20 years ago, you know, thinking about how do you actually make search easy or make search like meaningful for people as opposed to the Yahoo model of a directory. Yep. Um, when you think about the, you know, applying um, personalization to search, like how do you do that in the enterprise without it being, you know, too creepy or, um, you know, is it really just raw location? Like what's, what's the, uh, what's the levers there? I think it's a yes. And, and I think it's okay to um, exist at, any, any level that that's out there, right? So, you know, level one is probably something we've been doing for um, quite a while now, which is um, contextual-based search, right? So if I'm typing in a telephone number, how many clicks does it take for me to understand, okay, this is a telephone number and provide the ability to um, go right to the um, telephony app when I finish that telephone number, or I scan a certain barcode, um, you know, to know that, okay, this is a, um, a BOPUS pickup. Let me go ahead and open the app or I'm just looking for, um, 
product information. Let me serve that product information up. Um, that next level that you uh, talked about, we talked about the announcements, right? Like when I log in for the day, is there something at this location for my role that's really important, right? Uh, maybe it's, you know, a hurricane is about to come through. So, you know, my shift is going to get cut in half because I need to go home and make sure I have enough time to, um, you know, lock down at home and be with my family. Or is it that, you know, we're ahead in picks, you know, last shift did, you know, a great job. So we don't necessarily need to kill ourselves as shift. We can do a really good job, but, um, you know, our benchmark or threshold uh, for picks has gone down. And then I think you get to um, uh, this this third level that I know internally uh, myself with some other folks and, you know, other organizations are thinking about this as well, um, where, you know, do I, you know, start to have um, a digital assistant that can understand um, my prompts and uh, my context and then pull the right information from within the organization um, up to me, whether it's, you know, how many items of this do we have in stock? Uh, you know, what's the closest store that ha- has them? Um, you know, can I create a help desk ticket um, uh, with this tool or within this search functionality? Could it, within me searching for how do I solve for this, could it pull up FAQs? And so, um, you know, there's multiple levels where you can exist. I think, you know, picking one and starting there um, and, you know, once you master that, potentially moving up, depending on your organization and, and um, you know, the types of tasks that your users are using, um, you know, are the important things to think about. Yeah, I like that, that word you use, context. It makes me think of a – I think feel like Siri has gotten better about this. I know on uh, the Google system has gotten better about this. But if it's lunchtime and I swipe down and type in CH, pull up the Chick-fil-A app, like – it's it's not not rocket science. You know, if it's if it's eight AM and I type S S T open the Starbucks app. Right. So it just know you know, I think those things like the context of location, time of day, and then who I am and role, sort of you use that to drive that customization around search. Um, and the last last item number six was um, using signals and real time data. I know you, you talked about AI before and you had some great examples around here, but yeah, how do you, how does this apply back to enterprise users for, I guess, you know, what are the, when you think of signals, what are the key ones? I think you heard you say weather before, um, and I know you got probably some other examples there. Yeah. Uh, I think when you get too deep into this, this is like really bleeding edge. And, um, I think any conversation that we're going to have today is going to be probably wildly different 24, 36 months from now. Um, but there are signals that we use every day, like when we get dressed in the morning, you know, weather's a big one. Is it going to be hot? Is it going to be raining? Um, you know, when we're traveling, when your kids play sports, weather is huge. Um, the other big signal is around um, emergencies now. Um, that's coming up more and more in conversations, whether it's um, active shooters, whether it's um, in a right in a, you know, irritated employee, whether, um, you know, it, it could be traffic signals is a big one, right? So um, if we're trying to get um, uh, a truck out, you know, maybe my time to do that has gone down, right? Maybe I shift people around to make sure that the truck gets out because we know I-75 South, you know, leaving Atlanta, going down to Florida on a Friday afternoon is going to be nuts um, going in that direction. So I think, Blending the signals in real time data is, you know, one of those things where 
you have to do it right because, you know, if you get a bad signal or if you get a false positive and you've shifted the business, it can have, you know, a decent size impact. And so um, when you do those things, you want to start off and make sure that you're you're doing it correctly. But, you know, if you think about um, Amazon and the signals they use and how early they're sending those signals out, um, you know, I can imagine as soon as I put something in my cart that a picker, you know, sees that that item is on deck and may actually be picking it before I actually buy it to make sure it gets to me on or before that date that um, Amazon is putting in front of me that's enticing me to buy this product. So I think with signals, um, I would start with the big signals we probably use day to day and figure out how do we hone and refine what signals mean to the organization. Um, Because for me, this is really bleeding edge because it has such a big impact to the business if you get it right and if you get it wrong. Yeah, I feel like this goes back to that number one of, of data. So, so in, in summary, uh, the six principles to, to consider when looking at personalization, uh, number one was collect and analyze user data. And I think this also goes on other data too, so the s- signaling data. Number two was user segmentation. So understanding the roles, the locations, um, yeah, management versus non-management or corporate versus non-corporate. Um, number three was the offer customization options, actually allow those users to go customize and build their experience to how they want to work. And, you know, we all work slightly differently. Number four was uh, provide the personalized content. So whether it's content specific to your store or content that's relevant to your role, really think about that, understand what to drive to users from a content standpoint. Nobody, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, if you're in receiving, you don't care about updates to the POS system. I think those, it's a great example there. Um, number five was the, uh, the improving search. So think about how people actually, you know, search on their regular phones. How does that apply back to the, um, the enterprise mobile devices and how does contacts work there? And number six was more of the cutting edge of understanding signals. What are the signals for your business? Whether it's weather, whether it's uh, what was the one you gave for the restaurants like sports sports betting? If there's a, was a, a, a yeah, I think Buffalo Wild Wings uses weather and whether it's a home game to um, understand um, traffic flow through the restaurant. So if the Falcons are on a winning streak looking at Vegas bet, betting lines and the weather is good, it's a good chance they're going to have a lot of people in there eating chicken wings and drinking beer. Staff, staff up. So those are six points. Um, thank you for uh, for walking through those with me, Richard. So um, thank you, everyone, for joining us today for another episode of the Blue Fletch Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast. Uh, if you have questions, follow up with us at info at bluefletch.com. And if you like this, please like or subscribe. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast. If you enjoyed the discussion, please take a few moments to rate us. If you'd like to listen to future episodes, please subscribe. To learn more about mobility topics or submit any questions, visit us at bluefletch.com.